Hello and welcome to the latest episode of An Educator's Insight from the National College. This week is World Autism Acceptance Week. According to the National Autistic Society, 1 in 100 children are estimated to be autistic. Today I'm joined by Karen Pilling, Acting Deputy Head and Senko at Chapel Street Primary School. Karen has over 15 years teaching experience and has taught children with a range of special educational needs. Today, we'll be discussing the importance of World Autism Acceptance Week, finding out a bit more about what schools can do to support children with autism, and discovering some of the key indicators of hidden ASD too. Thank you so much for joining me today, Karen. It's a pleasure to be able to speak with you. It'd be great if we could start by finding out a little bit more about your background and um, your expertise in the in the subject area as well. Okay, so I've been teaching for 16 years. Um, I'm currently a deputy head teacher at a large primary school in Manchester. Um, and I'm also an SLE for behaviour and SEND for Manchester as well. Um, and I've been a SENCO for the past sort of seven years, I think, six or seven years. Um, and I'm now Deputy Head of Inclusion um, and within my time of working in primary schools in Manchester have supported lots of children with autism um, right. and supported schools with how to, to kind of their provision for children with autism as well. Fantastic that's brilliant Um so why do you think at the moment then um, as I mentioned it is World Autism Acceptance Week Um why would you say that that is such an important event at the moment and maybe particularly after the disruption that's obviously been caused by the Covid pandemic as well. <laughs> it's all going on with that Covid pandemic isn't it? Um, yeah so mainly I think just this, this even pre-pandemic really the same reasons that I, I always say just Firstly, to raise awareness, because I still think although people talk about autism, I still think people don't really have an understanding of what it is and how it can affect uh, children and adults. So I think just raising awareness is really important. Um, and, and that's we, when we've done stuff at school of um, Autism Awareness Week and I've sent information out to parents they and they've had children with autism they're like oh I didn't know that so I thought actually raising awareness with people who you know have some understanding of it is, th is still really important and um, I also think as well about kind of changing perceptions slightly so I still think a lot of people view autism from things they've seen on films or um, read in books and that's not necessarily yeah. a, a sort of accurate picture necessarily so I think sort of changing perception slightly and having more of a positive sort of opinion on things and a more kind of positive narrative about autism because I think a lot of it can be all the things that they struggle with rather than all the fantastic things they can do so kind of just changing the perceptions really to make it more positive and um, which I think things like this this awareness week really do well. Yeah absolutely maybe touching on that then what what would you say maybe some of the strengths of people with autism would be then that would be great to hear. Sorry, I just closed my window. The playground outside is really noisy. I'm so sorry. No problem. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. So I, I often think that people um, presume that if a child's got autism, it means that they're going to struggle academically. Um, and that's not often the case. Um, but a lot of people think that, that they're going to really struggle um, in all areas. And actually, you can have a child with autism who does very well academically. Yeah. Um, you also have the perception that children with autism don't make friends. Um, and also, Although they do struggle with that area, they can still form very close uh, friendships yeah. uh, within the class. Also, that uh, there's a couple of things like uh, I know particularly parents. When I've spoken to parents, are really worried about parents, uh, children not being able to grow up and have a job, or get a partner, or um, be successful in adulthood, and that and that's often not the case. 
been some really successful people with um, autism. I mean, they think Albert Einstein possibly had autism. So there's been yeah. some very, very um, <laughs> successful people um, who, who have autism and different degrees of autism, really, um, and have gone on to be really successful in life. So I think that's um, really important for people to understand, really. And I think you know there's a lot of things um, that somebody I know I think it's Google as an employee says that they often employ lots of people specifically with autism. Oh. Um, I'm sure it's Google. I'm sure I've got that right. And it's because of the some of the skill set that they do bring. So they're saying you know they're often very hardworking. Um, they often really focus on on one activity, whatever it is they're doing. They do it to kind of the nth degree, and they really take you know care and pride over it. Um, and so and also often if it's linked to their area of particular interest, they often often know more than anybody else um, about it so if they've had yeah. that interest for a few years they often have a real wealth of knowledge so actually for employees it can be a really good thing to hire someone who has autism but I, I do think that's not necessarily what people people's perceptions are yeah absolutely it's all about changing perceptions really isn't it and making sure yeah. that we do highlight those strengths as well um, maybe touching on some of the challenges as well what what would you say um, to schools in terms of overcoming challenges that autism um, autistic pupils may have and um, anything that you could highlight there really some maybe some advice as well for educators so some of the things schools can do so I think um, first and foremost is about teacher training so again raising awareness of teachers so they know what to look for and um, what strategies they can use there is a, a whole host of strategies that really help for children at all you know all levels and all ability levels with autism and I think the more teachers are trained or a teacher assistants are trained the better they are to be able to meet those children's individual needs so I think Teacher training is the first one. Um, I think working really well with parents, so collaborative working. Um, you know, the parents have those children all day, every day when they're not at school, so they're often a real expert on their child. But also, I know when I've met with parents that they don't have the same level of training that we do in school. So there's some really simple things that I talk about, say like um, visual timetables or now and next boards that parents aren't aware of mm. and it, it really simple stuff that are like oh right thanks for telling me that that I can use that now at home so the more you work together with parents the better it is for the child and kind of you know both their, their kind of environments which works really really well um I'd also say one of the things that I come across a lot is not to worry too much about the actual diagnosis so yeah. We all know at the minute because of COVID, um, the CAMS waiting list, which already were horrendous, are now doubly horrendous. Um, so there's lots of children who are still waiting for an assessment or still waiting for a diagnosis. And I always say, but you know what their needs are, so meet their needs. You don't need to wait for a formal diagnosis in order to know, you know, necessarily, that, well, I need it written on paper that it's autism. Yeah, yeah. So that child, it doesn't matter. Whatever their level of need is, you just need mm -hmm. to meet their needs and not wait too long or worry too long about that. Um and also, equally on the flip side of that, I think I know some people are very worried about saying the word autism or labelling a child or not having a discussion with parents because, you know, there's a, there's a bit of a stigma. So I would say, actually, you know, go all out with that. Speak to parents as much as you can. Talk about the area you think it's difficult. If they go for assessment and it's not, you've not lost anything, but at least yeah. you can rule it out. So yeah. I think, you know, don't be worried to speak to people and say, I think it is possibly autism. I think, you know, that they, they, they do struggle in these particular areas of social communication. I'd like to get it looked at. Um, I think it's really important. So that that's kind of another area, really. And then lastly, I just think meeting the child's individual needs, um, which is can be really hard. And I think some staff see that as like, it's going to be an extra workload for me. It's going to be really hard work. What I can say is most children's uh, when they have behaviours with autism, kind of negative behaviours, it's often to do with anxiety. Mm -hmm. So it's not, you know, they're trying to push 
pushy buttons or they're doing it intentionally, they are highly anxious. So as long as you can reduce that anxiety, you will see less of those behaviours, which will actually make your job much easier. Um, so as much as you can, kind of do some research, have a look, find out what the those child's individual needs are and put that work in initially so then it, you have a much easier time of it. Yeah. Fantastic. And my last question um, would be kind of uh, touching again on the diagnosis side of things. What would you say are maybe some indicators of hidden ASD um, and how can we create positive school experiences for those children, in your opinion? Oh, OK, good question. So um, there, there are obviously, uh, I mean, they, they think that at the currently one one in 59 children have autism and um, that's a diagnosis of autism but they think the number's actually much higher um, and that's because there are a lot of children who don't get a diagnosis or as you say have hidden ASD if you like and um, so some of the things that we've kind of spotted with children who's then gone on too much later to get a diagnosis and um, struggling with friendships is always a key one um, and again like I said, it doesn't mean they don't have friends at all. Yeah. It might be that they have one or two very close friends but when that friend's off ill they really struggle. So just kind of, you know, if they seem to struggle with friendships, if you struggle when they're going out on the playground, they're always getting into arguments or they tend to be on their own in the playground. That's often kind of first indicator. Um, and then things like social anxiety. So things like where you think, oh, well, this is going to be fantastic. We're having a class party. The children with autism will often be the ones in the corner who aren't happy and not enjoying it. So kind of social anxiety or if there's something where you're, you think, oh, we're doing this really exciting thing, we're all going to school trip. They're the children who actually don't enjoy it and look really unhappy. Mm. Um, so kind of things to look out for. Again, struggling to express their emotions. Obviously, we know that's a part of autism, but that sometimes, um, particularly for girls with autism, uh, they think that's an area that can be very difficult. And often girls can mask it, um, sort of, you know, kind of copying their emotions off others or realise how to kind of talk about their emotions. But what you will find with children with kind of hidden autism is when you actually have a conversation with them, they find it difficult to express how they're feeling or having empathy with others. So kind of like, well, she was really upset, but I don't understand what her problem was. You know, kind of lack of empathy for others. Um, you often spot it in things like um, when they're doing um, writing. So they struggle with imaginative stuff. So anything where they have to do kind of creative writing, where you say, right, go off and write a big write. And I want you to write about, you know, whatever you want about monsters. Children with hidden autism find that very, very difficult because th that's an area they really struggle with in terms of imagination. So anything where things like drama, role play, creative writing, anything where you're asking them to use their imagination is an area that they're really going to struggle with. And you often find that sometimes children with kind of hidden uh, traits, that's, a, that's the first thing that teacher spots. Like, oh, they really, really struggled with that. They couldn't do it. And yet when I asked them to write something factual, they, they wrote reams. Um, again, the, the communication. So, but more kind of like following social norms um so you'll often sometimes they don't say hello when they come in in the mornings or they don't say goodbye or they don't greet their parents or carers in the way you'd normally expect um when you tell everyone to get up off the car you know if you go say you're sat and doing a group activity and you say about right, everyone you notice they're the last one and they're still sat there and it's almost like they've not heard you and you keep having to repeat the names um or they don't line up the same way everybody else you keep having to repeat it so kind of not following those classroom rules so kind of you know norms that everybody else seems to follow you'll notice they won't follow um and then i suppose trying to think of anything else, uh, lastly kind of eye contact so it's a bit bit of a myth that all children with autism don't make eye contact um some have no issues with eye contact and some children actually make um too much eye contact so they, they're constantly staring at you and very very focused so it is an area though that they struggle with with eye contact so you often find and um, that's something that you can spot in the classroom for a child when you're talking to them they're, they're kind of looking away or that they don't want to look at you directly or as i said 
they look at you too much and you kind of become a bit uncomfortable because they're so intensely staring at you. Um, that's kind of things I can think of mainly that I think maybe you yeah. can sort of might be able to spot. That's fantastic. That's really, really helpful. And probably as a final note then to end on um, a really positive note, what would you say um, to kind of round up and it's sort, sort of, as as you said, changing perceptions, changing that stigma, what are your kind of final thoughts on that, if any? Because um, it'd be great to round up with that, I think. Um, so like anything, when you're trying to change a a kind of opinion I suppose is just as much information as possible so positive role models are really good we've got quite a lot of books at my school uh, which have uh, characters and protagonists who are autistic but also have you know lots of fantastic adventures and really positive role models so I think role modeling as much as possible and um, again like I said sharing information so get it at it you know, we sometimes send out information to parents of children with autism and then we realise actually we should be sending this out to everybody. It doesn't matter if your child's got autism or not, yeah. because sometimes that's tricky for other parents with a child. And um, if their child's in a class with a child with autism, they don't understand why they're behaving in a certain way or certain things. So as much sharing information as possible. Um, I think is really useful in terms of sharing perceptions and then I suppose in the kind of big wide world which I have no control over it would be really nice to have some positive role models on TV um, in film so it's not all you know uh, Rain Man type things it's all kind of different um, I know there has been more and more kind of uh, characters with necessarily with autistic type traits uh, particularly in comedy shows um, or drama shows but not necessarily named as specifically autistic so yes yeah. Or if it is named as autistic, it's just specifically around their difficulties. So I think it'd be really important in terms of media to have some more positive role models as well. Yeah. Have people with autism, but that's not just what it's about. They're, they can you know, have character traits as well as that. That's excellent and such a positive note to finish on as well. Again, thank you so much for joining me today, Karen. It's been a pleasure to speak with you and keep an eye out for our next episode of An Educator's Insight from the National College, which will be released every Thursday on Spotify.